The information that we're going to be covering in this three-part series titled John Warner IV, Little Anton, and Disclosure contains subject matter that will likely challenge many of you, just as it's challenged myself and my colleagues, Jean-Luc and John Majorowski. And so before we begin this presentation, I think it is extremely important to highlight the primary reason for our decision to cover this. The reason being that the source of this information is a man whose position within two extremely influential and affluent American families has afforded him the ability to obtain information and establish networks with individuals that the vast majority of us would be unable to gain access to. John Warner IV is a member of both the Warner and Mellon family dynasty. His father is former Senator John Warner III, and he is also the third cousin to the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and current major proponent for transparency on the UFO UAP issue, Christopher Mellon. It is important to note that John Warner IV is on good terms with his family. He considers Christopher Mellon to be a friend as well as a relative. He has not been ostracized by his family for writing his book, Little Anton. That being said, our coverage of this issue does not necessarily mean that John's views represent the views of myself or my colleagues, but we feel that due to the nature of the source, it is worth covering the claims that John has put forward extensively. I would also like to let you all know that after this three-part series is concluded, I will be having John Warner IV onto Project Unity for an interview, and this will hopefully provide even further clarity as to why John Warner has the opinions that he has. All I ask is that you keep an open mind. And with that being said, I hope you enjoy the third and final part of this series regarding John Warner IV, his book Little Anton, and disclosure of the UFO reality as he sees it. So this is the first time I've ever done something that's taken three days to <laughs> to finalize, you know? You, you might realize anything you do with me takes, it's like that. It either <laughs> takes forever and doesn't happen or it takes days. But well, yeah, yeah for, for, those, for those watching, we're not just weirdly changing our clothes. This has happened over the course of three days. <laughs> <laughs> or we're yeah. weirdly changing our clothes too. I mean, or we're way. weirdly changing our <laughs> either clothes. Either way. You, you decide. It's a... <laughs> conspiracy yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell yeah right time to John, kick off the last somebody, segment of this okay. yeah so where, where, where are we going to start today well um i think that it would probably be good to maybe brush up a little bit further on what this book is about perhaps give a little bit more of a, a like a little, a little brief overview okay. at least in your mind what you feel like this book is representing um well, in the words of of, of of the man himself, the author, uh, John Warner IV, what he's presenting is disclosure. <laughs> I mean, he pretty much says it in that first email to me. And in, and in that message on the forum, like he says that this to him is his version of disclosure. And then in the TTSA document, or sorry, in his notes, he says, if you want to know disclosure, what my feeling of this, what it really is, you can either read my book, Little Anton, or take the shortcut and just read these notes. So, <laughs> so basically, the little Anton's the the labour of love. From what I'm taking it, is I mean, it's a, it's a huge book and it's really involved. Nearly every single character is a real person, or there's plenty of them anyway. Um, you know, like everything he's talking about is supposedly what he believes is real, and 
or really happened from his studies and from his privileged position to be in a, a, a family or a, a two families that were closely linked to this sort of stuff. So, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're in a privileged position to be in touch with him, um, especially at a time in his life where it's almost like it's, per, it's like perfect timing. It's like, you know, we talked about it off camera before, but the reality it is seems to be is that he's actually been out on camera saying these things for a couple of years now on quite nicely made interviews, but with historians, with book people, literary types, not people like us who were obsessed with the ancient mysteries of Freemasonry and Rosicrucians and Crowley and UFOs. Or even, even just UFOs. Yeah. 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 UFOs. Sorry. Let's simplify it. UFOs. Cause that's where it all starts. Yeah. UFOs. So like, um, that's the the truth so so really like he's been out there talking about anti-gravity machines to people who probably don't know what the hell he's talking about or maybe they do i don't want to say that but maybe they do but maybe they don't really care about what that actually means well this is what impresses me about it to be honest is uh you know amongst other things is the fact that he hasn't been pushing it into the ufo community and we've said this a few times in the interview already but it's not like he emailed you you found him on an extremely obscure website that wasn't even ufo related it was just alternative history related and the books themselves what i find really quite interesting about them is they're not actually you know if you were to read the back of the book as someone who hasn't done ufo research you'd be like oh this is a deep dive into the history of porsche the car company and its involvement in world war ii with the nazi german party and it's like an intelligence espionage type style thriller oh that sounds really interesting but then when you open up the book and you start reading through it it's embedded with these extremely intense you know nods towards things in ufology and phenomenology that we're all familiar with but you would never get that hint really from just looking at the book i've ordered the copies today actually and you know even the front cover is a racing car it's it's not it's not suggestive of of ufo content so it's not like he's been pushing this out he's not on gaia tv you know doing programs about disclosure and how he's connected to one of these mysterious families it's not like he's not it's not like he's using the background with people like christopher mellon being in his family to push this forward and go look i've got the answers because i'm you know related to x y and b it's not like that at all it's 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 very nuanced and this book's been published but clearly you know it's been his labor of love he's published it and and you know for whatever reason people haven't picked up on it in any way and it's like i think what's really interesting about it and i I mean i haven't asked him why he actually bothered to talk to me about these things and to pass them on you know to bring you guys into this and stuff i mean he told me why like is that this is what he knows and this is what he believes this is what he's created you know what i'm saying and he's, it's like he's left all the clues there, and those clues are way more palatable and easy to take than anything that To The Stars Academy offered because, as he states, they were so hampered by CIA, DOD, all that stuff. Now, I don't, what do I know? I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy who lives in a house in England. I'm not in any of those organisations. But when you start seeing it for it, like TTSA was really exciting. It was all these things, but you could tell it was like, are we ever going to know the truth really from these guys? And like, and what is the truth? That's the concept of it. Like the truth to, for them would have been to produce some sort of anti-gravity machine and hope enough people read the Peter Lavender authored books to create some kind of vibe that they might follow up on the occult, yeah? which might lead them to this stuff. It takes a lot of work and it's almost an initiation in itself. 
And I think what and and the other issue here as well is that John um, is not a Freemason. He's not a Rosicrucian. He considers himself part of the white Illuminati. <laughs> His words, right. Um, he also said to me, I, but just to clarify, to clarify by white Illuminati, you mean like white hat, black hat, white as in yeah, the good, the good guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, part of the good guys, yeah. Right? yeah, 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 white Illuminati. Like he's, you know, he's he thinks that everybody should know this. His dad obviously thinks everyone should know this. And there's another video online of him talking to his dad about all this. And his dad's on there, you know, he's a. Link will be in the description. Age of ninety-year-old ex-senator and secretary for the navy, um, and you know he's on there talking about this exact stuff, and it's I, crazy. It is crazy that it's taken this, this. Some of this stuff has been online for two years. The book was published in twenty nineteen or before, maybe. Yeah. Like you know, we all just sit here watching the videos of um, UFOs that look like shiitake mushrooms, man, <laughs> and like. <laughs> You know, on really bad footage and going on about it when it's yeah. there. There's yeah. somebody telling you with all the right connections the, what's going it, on. It, it blows my mind that this has gone under the radar of the UFO community. I mean, there's one person that's connected to the community that I know has been in contact with him because I was listening to their um, pretty awesome interviews, actually. It was the two-part uh, podcast on John Warner's website, guys. Links will be in the description box, so please make sure you click in the description box and check out all the links that we're going to be putting in there because the podcast I would really recommend people listen to. It gives you a good idea for his character and his level of intelligence. But as you said, he was talking to uh, his father, Senator John Warner, but he was also having a two-part conversation with Nick Cook. Now I've interviewed Nick Cook. He's the author of the hunt for zero point UK defense analyst, um, obviously comes from the nuts and bolts perspective of this and has started to dip his toes into the consciousness aspect. But these guys are sitting down having a conversation about Nazi German history and electrogravitic studies. And uh, you know, that's the one link I've found. I, I actually sent Nick an email the other day, just like, I found you inside a rabbit hole, Nick. <laughs> How do you respond to people who call you and I conspiracy theorists? Back in good old sort of pre-internet days, I was trained to be a sleuthing reporter. I had some very good teachers who taught me about the sanctity of facts. It doesn't bother me anymore what people say, but I am meticulous and scrupulous when it comes to fact-checking. Someone else termed it a conspiracy researcher rather than a theorist. And I like that term better because I'm like you. We're researching based on the facts available and then filling in the gaps as best we can with logic and some speculation. And I think that's reflected in your book and my book. We sweat the details. I love the details in the chapters you shared with me. I love that stuff. I mean, you clearly have a real hankering for getting into the nitty gritty and the detail of the history and the technology. I really like that about what you wrote. Nick, today we're living in an era of quote unquote fake news. Uh, what advice do you have for people who don't know who or what to believe? I think the era of objective truth is rapidly disappearing. And I think the era of subjective truth is assuming increased prominence. For me, my subjective truth needs to be rationalized by looking at multiple points on the compass of all these sort of, you know, different things that make up a story. And when I've been around the compass and I've looked at the story from 360 degrees, only then am I sort of satisfied as to what that story represents for me as truth. There is 
very little hard and fast truth you can actually point to and say, that's fact. It makes for a chaotic and unstable world. He seems to be the only tangible connection to the UFO community is Nick Cook, but that it's, it's not permeated out any further than that. We seem to be the only people who are covering this right now. Well, yeah, and he actually told me, he's given me a number of names of people that people who actually want to know the truth should look at. And you know what? Yeah, I've read, I've read Nick Cook's book a while ago. Um, I wouldn't have put two and two together. Um, I also, like some of the other people that he's put me on to, which we'll put you all on to, I will share the names, uh, are absolutely fascinating. But because they present themselves as more like historians in some ways, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just gone under the radar. So like, uh, there's one guy who's an expert in, and John, I can't remember his name, um, an expert in the Sonora Aero Club. Remember? Oh, yeah. Um, Is it Bosley? Bosley, yeah. Walter Bosley. Yeah. Walter, Walter Bosley. Bosley. He's the a Freemason, too, by the way. The, guy, the guy's background is like... Yeah, bang. Walter Bosley has like a... He, and he does like a, a nightly... He has a YouTube channel and does like a nightly live video almost nightly and he's just like yeah and people are just he's just talking about everything the guy's done years of research and he's done some amazing research there's a video i'll, I'll drop in um in here too as well in the, in the description that goes into like a whole two-hour presentation of basically the um, german influence in the 1800s in the united states and the, the societies that created all these um airships that were just beyond basically they were anti-gravitic airships in the 1800s from what, from what are you saying and from the research that you're doing? And the vibe of that organization was that it was wealthy benefactors coming out of New well, I think that it was funneling by New York, um, but coming out of Europe and and wherever else out there. Like um again, some some form of secret organization to which maybe Tesla might have been part of. So you start heading down the secret society stuff again, like the the connections to this hidden information and you know, like it gets pretty wild. No, it gets wild quick. I mean, and it's it, the same thing like you're saying. It's connected to historians and not necessarily people that are on like us talking about UFOs and consciousness and all these things. It's more of a historical nuts and bolts kind of event type based researchers. And, and, and I think it's probably for a reason, though, too, because, you know, just until basically recently, a lot of these people didn't want to step foot anywhere near um, UAP UFO studies and let alone consciousness studies or any of that, you know, they just didn't want nope. any part of it. And there's just, just the separation, but I think that whole, the, the thing that I would give TTSA credit for still is the getting the T, um, New York times and the videos released and getting it into the mainstream um, conversation so that people aren't freaked out and run away. Anytime you say any of these things. Oh yeah. They've played an integral sure. role in destigmatization. Totally. Um, yeah. You know, the, the big thing as well as with John is that, you know, the reality of it is is that he's, he wants to see a shift in the way the world runs. And he's in a position to see or to come to the realisation, and I think we already mentioned this, um, that certain families that are part of this uh, so-called Committee of 300 who work for the 13 Illuminati, again, crazy stuff, like... Uh, he said that essentially people, a lot of them don't even know they are, if you know what I mean, especially mm -hmm. the sons of the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs, like until they know they are, until the, till it happens, you know, until you realize you're part of that machine and that that's the way it is. And I think that, 
you know, I was reading a bit of Jim Mars today. I like Jim Mars a lot. And he goes into the exact things. His his theories on this stuff were exactly the same. And he died, uh, it can't have been that long ago. Sadly, sadly, won't because... Two years ago, I think. John's also saying that, you know, a lot of these people who are, uh, you know, supposedly in this committee of 300 families are asleep at the wheel. It's not a organized kind of group of... You know, people in robes cackling in a room, or <laughs> it, it, a lot of these. A lot, well, yeah, but he's he's, yeah. he's but, but he did indicate that a lot of these people are not a part of that type of thing. It's like no, more, there's a niche, pa- a, a niche patriarchal element of it that yeah. is like that. But then the majority are just kind of asleep at the wheel. Well, what's his? I mean, to quote in one of his emails, like, I'll have to find. I, I think before. I think I remembered it. They're they're asleep at the switch on their yachts. So, yeah, on their yachts, yeah, like right, you know, yeah, yeah. they're just yeah, they're, they're, just, they're living, just chilling they're out. Old, they're old hippies, like old yeah, hippies, yeah, yeah. On their yachts and, oh, here you go. Look at this one. All right, here's a, I just pulled this email up. Like we've had a, we had a good chat about the divine feminine comes into a lot of this stuff. Like, well, essentially because the cosmos is feminine. That's that's the concept to everything. So our creator is feminine. So. Not my words, but I believe that too. <laughs> um, but here's an email from him. Uh, JL, I'd like to hear more about your interest in life and family. The video with you three guys, us, was amazing. You guys are tapped into the universe hard. Um, I told him about a place that has got connections to my stuff. Um, and he said, that water spa town in England, I've heard of it. I believe many women druids of old frequented the place for hundreds of thousands of years, perhaps. I discuss the divine feminine a lot in my book. Women have been tortured in inquisitions and witch hunts for millennia. It has to stop. Women should rule the USA. The patriarchal men have fucked it all up. See the Bohemian Grove. It's a pedo party barn on. Demonic mass murder. Demonic mass on murder. <laughs> there you go. That's his words. Yeah. Um, and that's somebody uh, we know, right? I mean. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. Yeah, so there's so I mean the scary part of it. And there's always the there's always the light in the dark, right? There has to be too. And the scary part about this is like we just said. There's most people have no idea they're even involved in this, or they are involved in, and they just they're just the people keeping the lights on, or they don't care, you know. And then there's this select element at the very top in a patriarchal part that are still doing sacrifices that are still doing the things that happened millennia ago to the gods and, and wherever they're beholden to and in, in ceremonies and esoteric weird things that we've talked about and read about in books and, and, and things like that. So there's this small niche that's happening. And then the other half doesn't even know what's going on. Um, I think that's not, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, it's just scary, scary man. <laughs> no, all I was, all I was going to say is it's not easy to digest that. No, and, you know, no, it's sure. uh, it's one of those things where is it is it that we don't believe it because it's uh, illogical? I mean, obviously, this stuff's pretty crazy and fantastical, but is it is it that we don't I, believe I, it because of that or because people don't want to believe it? You know, it's it, a, lot of, a lot of the times when you're doing this type of research, you end up honing around areas of the subject where you actually quite like the idea of that reality. You know, a lot of people are guilty of falling into a bias. And so when something comes along where it goes, hey, you know, that stuff might be real, but on top of that, there's all of these secret families and this terrible, you know, blah, 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 blah. People go, oh, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for that. That's not what I wanted to get out of my research into this field. So I reject it. And I think that people have to be careful not to do that straight away and to just listen a little more, more carefully, especially when it's coming from sources like 
John Warner. That's that's kind of my main takeaway from this entire conversation is that we're talking about something that has been talked about by other researchers, some of them very controversial, some of them have even been completely deplatformed for talking about those types of areas um, because of the, the falling out they might have had with the communities. But then you've got someone who is not trying to rustle up a load of an you know a load of people out of the yeah. ufo community he's again he's just outside of this kind of stuff and uh he's saying the same thing and so he's he also and he's got these connections to these families one thing about him is as well is that he clearly doesn't have a big ego because otherwise he would be out there shouting it i'm the king of disclosure yeah yeah like, absolutely yeah and that's when he said that as much he's he doesn't want to be that guy he doesn't want to become like Stephen Greer, he don't want to become, but he also doesn't mind us talking about him as him. But well, listening to his YouTube videos, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, listening to his YouTube videos, I don't pick up an ego at all. He really seems like a down to earth guy, which is uh, kind of an achievement in of itself, being from such a kind of crazy background. You know, something that I'd never imagine being involved in. Well, nobody, yeah. Let's face it, right? Like, um, I saw. Talk, talk about my stuff a little bit here and there to people. Oh, no, you know, apart from you guys, hardly anybody's bothered. But all of a sudden, you know, it's not him just telling me all this stuff. He, he's asking me stuff. Tell me about you. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, so it's like a two-way thing. It's nice, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm, I've been in coronavirus lockdown in the UK for time now. Like, Tell me about it. And this sort of conversation with you guys is a godsend. And then having a conversation with, with John as well and getting some just diamond information but also meeting a nice guy that's cool well you see you seem to be building a real rapport with him like that's what's really nice about this is you guys seem to genuinely be having a good back and forth yeah i mean i haven't i haven't messaged back for a few days because he sent me so much and you know quite honestly some of it you know like some of it's yeah scary man like not scary, but no, a lot just, of it's fucking scary, man. I'm telling yeah, you, dude, and I'm not, is, and I'm not even is. trying to beat around the bush on it. I mean, some of it is. I mean, for a lot of people will just turn their shit off because they can't handle it. Like Jay said, you just you just fucking can't handle it. You know, yeah. I mentioned, you know, I was talking to somebody else about this. Um, my wife, <laughs> so <laughs> also I talked to him in lockdown too, right? I mean, but yeah. you know, she brought up the same thing I'm thinking. She's like, "Well, aren't you scared? Like, isn't he scared? Like, are, are you worried about? I'm mean, like, if these people are the people that he says they are, and he should mm. know, and you know they are." Don't you think they would not want you talking about this shit? And I'm like, I asked him that, man. Hang on, let me find his reply to that. Oh, you actually asked him? Yeah. Uh, hang on, let's have a look. Good. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? Like, like you know, because again, you know, I'll be honest, part of me just goes, oh my God. I'm Because, you know, part of me, and I might be delusionary, but like, it feels like the information he's giving us is um, essentially what TTSA's information was, the thing that Tom DeLong was probably giving. But he was giving it in a way that was completely different. He wants some friendly guy who actually can be backed up with names. It was these shadowy dudes in rooms in Washington or the desert or I don't know where. It's different, but it's, it's the same thing. It's like when you read this stuff, you go, if this is why it was, I can see why. But and let me just find this thing. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of this, while you're finding that, a lot of this information, I mean, there's some specifics here that seem to be unique, but a lot of this information is stuff that's been echoed already. It's just, again, it comes back to who the source of this information is right now, who's discussing this, who is saying that this is actually the way it is. And, uh, you know, it turns out to be quite an influential guy from an influential family. So, um, who, we, you know, a family, again, which is embedded in intelligence in America for a long, long time. So The foundational... It's, it's, Founder member, 
uh, of intelligence, right? Of intelligence, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're America, talking about yeah. huge, huge, huge players in the intelligence game. Like you know, some of the biggest, most respected, with undeniable connections and networks to things that we would never be able to have. You know, even uh, John, I've you know, I've listened to some of his podcasts even just by proxy of being a member of these families without having to be in the intelligence communities themselves, he's been afforded the opportunities to go networking and speaking with people that we'd just never be able to speak with just by, you know, the merit of his family legacy. And so, you know, that alone should give you guys a little bit of an idea of why we want to discuss this and put it out there because there's, there's more, there's more to it when it comes from someone like this, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not just me telling you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If me. you phone, if you phone me up at three AM, like, hey, dude, the Anunnaki, and I'll be like, okay, like John, yeah, yeah. calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go have a beer and take a nap. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I still can't find this, but I'll keep looking as much. Well. No, yeah, you no, keep no, looking, and yeah, yeah. We'll, no, it's good. We'll, no, we'll, we'll, it just we'll it, you're right. No, but it lends so much weight to it, you know. And not to say that it's completely gospel right like you said no, there's of a lot not. of, of there's not. a lot of information that's already been publicly available for years, and and there's nothing to say that even somebody at his level could be fed disinformation as well. And that's not above the realm of any of this. I mean, especially when you're talking about the level of, um, you know, if if this is true, what we're talking about the level, not only intelligence agency, but the phenomenon itself. Yeah. 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 To get out. Right. So you got to put that in there with like, you know, what is it and what it's not, but I'm not discounting it at all. I'm just, just trying to play devil's advocate there. Yeah. We're, we're, we're balancing this out with Mm -hmm. what we know as researchers, you know, based on our, our time in the community. And, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that we find John to be a respectful guy and a, you know, a very intelligent guy. So there's no, there's no way that we're, we're fully discounting this at all, but we're having a discussion. We're having an open discussion and I want people who are listening to, pick up on that vibe because we're not saying it's absolute fact, but we're also not saying that this is a load of conspiracy junk, you know, that we shouldn't be paying attention to because I think that there's something in the middle ground here that is very interesting. And that's what I want to focus on. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am, um, I mean, I, you know, again, like, cause I'm, I'm just blown away that it's actually, you know, this has actually happened and I'm really, you know, I'm stoked by it, but um, yeah, the ramifications for it, but, the people like us are because there's so much weight behind this individual, especially linking into the current full blown ufology movement with Chris Mellon, plus the CIA connection with Paul Mellon, his dad, the senator. And you start reading it and you go, really? Like, so listen, every religion essentially is wrong. <laughs> Not what I just made up. Like, there's Anunnaki slave trader races mixed in with our top bloodlines who still do it. There's, you know, it's crazy shit. That, what else was it? There's portals all around the world that take us to anywhere in the universe. <laughs> that, what was that one last night? Elon Musk is making the black triangles. Yeah, what was that? Nu- the, the nuclear nu- power batteries. Nuclear power batteries for black um, triangles. There's, there's one here. Uh, um, a former admiral once told me that you'll bump into an anarchy or a grey every day working around the Pentagon. That's, in- that's incredible. So whether that means you bump into someone like who's a human-looking dude who's uh, 4,000 or 5,000 years ago had a relative that was an anarchy. Is that the same or are they anarchy? Well, yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Is it, is it like, are we, you know, because other people have said they're walking amongst us and uh, is, is that, 
literal right now there are ets that are genuinely what we would consider to be ets walking amongst us or is it just that the bloodlines of these ets have survived and they're still present and that these people are in key positions of power and they probably don't even know if we if we do the math well, yeah I mean, i'm not yeah. good at math and i'm not that great at math but if you do the math and the, the 300 family we just a loose number of 300 but the, the 13 families and say even they're keeping a secret compartmentalized from everybody else there's this little little top that know that but are these other people just bouncing around and maybe getting positions because of their connections and things like that or maybe their own merit but maybe they are you know part of this bloodline have no clue hell all of us could be part of this bloodline we have no idea (laughs) you know there are other people all over the planet i mean and think of all this is my thought earlier today too is like you know john warner's been in this you know um you know there's other people that have, have probably gone the route of, you know, piss off. I'm not going to marry one of the other 13 families. I'm going to do what I want. Screw you. I don't want your money. I'm just going to do my thing. And that's probably happened more times than we can count as well. You know, I mean, there's search we've gotten free will, right? So, I mean, there's no saying if, you know, if you want to piss away your billions or trillions of dollars and you just want to go be the guy that digs a ditch for the rest of your life. Cool. There's a bunch of dudes out there. And who's to say that, you know, somewhere down the line, the blood, you know, mixes out and now it's the majority of the people on the planet. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Just my theory. Coming well, to it. I think that the, the bloodline stuff, you know, because it sets some people's teeth on edge because um, you head down the fascist route, you know, start talking about it. But if you're talking about something that really does involve thousands of years of genetic fascists, and maybe it's the right way to talk about stuff. But yeah, it does, it puts people off, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I, I was going to say before, you know, you know, when we were talking about this stuff and about how it affects us, about how we look at it, it's almost like I hear quite a lot that ufology is not political, um, but it is, or ideological anyway, because a lot of the sort of far right ufology or the right wing ufology probably is a lot more of the, crazy light warrior stuff leading into Guantanamo Bay, uh, QAnon, taking liberals to Guantanamo Bay and all that nut stuff, which also pulls in greys and aliens and Anunnaki, you know, like all the wild conspiracies. On the flip side, the liberal stuff is way more kind of like, I don't know if I'm speaking out of here, but probably more like, not like that, and probably the stuff we're more inclined or I'm more inclined to want to read. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the, the thing is, like lately, the, those two lines have blurred completely. And, my, and at least in America, and I'm just speaking generally here, before the QAnon shit and all that, or whatever, like nobody was going down the whole path of um, of people kidnapping children and, and, and you know, drinking their blood for, uh, you know, adrenochrome and all this shit four years ago, five years ago, right? Like that, that didn't enter, and especially into the, I would say, far right wing um, part of the conspiracy side of everything here in America. That was not, that was not it. It was more like the conservatives versus the liberals. And it was like, you know, more than the age old, you know, political divisions, right? That was just whatever. But then when you start throwing this stuff in there, which is mm-hmm. baffling because you would you wouldn't see that you would think of the conservative side would be more like that's bullshit we're not going to believe it but like they were the ones that kind of latched onto it harder than most people which is even more bizarre in my mind and and you know the and it goes all the way down to like the voter fraud and like all these other conspiracies and it's like eh, like I don't know how that whole thing switched from one side to the other but it seems like it's not only 
like you said, Jean Luc is not only like something you'd usually be interested in, but like the other sides is starting to believe stuff that is not mainstream and, and fringy. Mm. Well, that's it, and it's kind of like because, and I suppose this is why you know John Warner has been said has said quite a few times in his in his work in the, the notes and so on that TTSA is just a, just a you know it's a valiant effort or a valiant effort, but it's too weak. Too wishy washy. What's it ever going to bring? Like, it, it brings. I'll tell you what it does bring. Actually, it gives anybody who's, who has researched hard enough, bring them to this point. And like, um, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that what it is is a linchpin to make people search, because every single one of those names connected to that organisation is in a massive adventure itself. Yeah. You type in one of those names, you go down a rabbit hole that you can probably spend a year investigating, but help off alone, you know? And then all the other guys, like, just, the, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm curious as to what the uh, the other staff are going to do. There's plenty, there's quite a few different people into the Stars Academy when you actually look at their, you know, their bios and you've got these, uh, I can't actually remember their names, but different scientists and people in different areas, the, the ones that are never done interviews, never appeared on, you know, unidentified, but are listed as people involved in the effort. And, uh, you know, we haven't really been given an indication of what they've been up to. And so I want to... A lot wonder, of it's medical, biomedical... Yeah, 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 yeah. biomedical, um, you know... Um, also, there was a, like a biochemical weapons expert from the yeah. CIA or something like that. Um, and mm. so there's some really interesting characters knocking about on the To The Stars Academy webpage that haven't been given any spotlight. Mm. And uh, I wonder what's going to happen with them and, and whether or not they're going to remain. Maybe what I need to start doing is seeing who their third cousins are. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe you've got a talent for reaching out to influential third cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to remember who my third cousins are. <laughs> I, was actually spe- I was speaking to my third cousin the other day. He'd never heard of all this stuff. And I was, I was giving him a, a quick brief update of what's been going on in America. And he was like, I can't believe this is real. You know, I was thinking he, he had no idea about any of the... The, the normal stuff not this stuff we're talking about the the crazy uh, kind of more advanced level but just the the surface level to the 2017 to 2021 us uh, updates and i was giving him the the background on that and it was actually quite encouraging because he's a guy that's he's just you know normal dude um works in construction and ha- we hadn't spoken for a while and yeah we had a phone call because he saw uh, he saw a status that i put up about interviewing lou elizondo and he was like i've got to ask you what this is all about and so i just gave him a 20 25 minute background on everything that's been going on and he was just like wow like i don't even there's no way that you can really argue with that is it and he was like nope it's real <laughs> let's go back to um finding the email where um we find out if they're going to come find us and throw us in a van yeah because I, <laughs> yeah try and try and find that i want to i want to see i want to see what he responded and, with and that's the I'm, thing i was trying to tell her i was like it's not me saying this shit it's this guy yeah. and it's this well, guy it's it's i'm just telling you what he's saying i'm not coming that's the point you know it's the age old adage don't shoot the messenger right you know we're just the messengers here you know don't kick yeah. me down a spartan hole right oh yeah exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No, man. It ain't worth it. No. Well, let's have a look at this one. Here's something cool. This is the thing. It's just all gold. Like, I just, I'm just looking for emails, yeah? Listen to this bit. Paul Mellon told me that he and his wife, Mary, visited Carl Jung many times in Switzerland. He told me that Jung later worked with Alan Dulles assessing Hitler's sanity during the war. That's when Jung joined the OSS, Agent 488. 
don't be fooled by mainstream accounts of the OSS. It was not a chicken shit outfit by intelligence standards. They handled the UFO stuff and gave it to Donovan, who gave it to FDR. They need the Harvard-Yale intellectuals like Paul. FDR had his own unit, the IPU, the Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit, Army G2, Navy ONI. Young told the Sorry, mate. No, 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 go on, go on. Yeah, Young told the Majestic 12 group in 1948 that the Foo Fighter issue was worse than they thought. The rudder might be taken from our grasp, is what he said. The, he the what? The, the rudder. The rudder. Oh, okay. The, the rudder, yeah. The rudder might be taken yeah. from our grasp. He was prophetic, but truth be told, I think the rudder was stolen from us around the time of Atlantis's fall. Wow. Shit. Yeah, that's, that's, you know again, that's from, that's from John, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And then he says, <laughs> was Paul Mellon later on in 1956 a member of MJ-12 with his buddy Dullers? I honestly don't know. Probably not, but he was close to the players and he helped fund the CIA, NASA and the NSA. He, Nelson, Rockefeller and Dullers were all on the CFR and Jason societies together. So, yeah, he's just laying this is, it out. This is the thing. And, and also this this amazing personal connection to Carl Jung um, because, you know, it seems like the Mellon family, especially Paul and, and, and Mary Mellon, were integral in in disseminating Jungian psychology throughout very kind of um, high society academic think tanks and establishments and institutes, right? Is that is that correct? They kind of yeah. Yeah, they kind right. of yeah. embedded embedded this understanding and this more esoteric understanding through their high society networks. Now I'm yeah. not I'm not a uh, I haven't taken psychology courses in a long time. Jean Luc, you probably can be more speak more eloquently than this and I have, but isn't Carl Jung still held up in, in the uh, Absolutely. realm yeah, of yeah, yeah. psycho like psychology is like the guy psychoanalysis. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and well, he, I think that for me, the reason I got so interested in him is because he was so interested in the occult, mm-hmm. I suppose. Like, I mean, I don't mean in terms of the dark stuff, like just what's hidden. No, and, but uh, but like if I took like I, like I took psychology one hundred and one for college, right, and just had to take it, and it yeah, was like Carl, it was Carl Jung. The day, day, day one, that name will come up. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. yeah. these people, and they'll run yeah, through the usual names. Carl Jung will probably one of the top ones. Yeah, but like, totally. So yeah, he he is he is the father of it. I mean, that's why. I mean, that's <laughs> when you get into all this stuff. Like, essentially, what he says is that the fact that Paul and Mary Mellon. Um, were well apparently they were both clients of his. I said students overnight, clients who then became friends and then followed, you know, uh, and then became students, I suppose. Um, and that was when the Bollinger Foundation got set up and so on and so forth. What but, how, how do you spell that, by the way, the Bollinger Foundation? Well Bollinger is B-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-N. Bollinger, right. Yeah. Um so yeah, and that's named after Young's Bollingen Tower, which he built himself and then practiced his, uh, some of his more alchemical sort of working. Um, yeah, have a look and at they, it. And that, and that was the Paul and Mary that named it, the Bollingen Foundation. Yeah, well, the, there's a letter from Paul Young to Mary Mellon saying, you know, I love your diabolical idea to continue our work in America under the Bollingen Foundation. <laughs> um, so, like, the work that he was doing... It, obviously, if he started working for the OSS Office of Strategic Services, um, analysing people like Hitler, uh, and then from that, a lot of that became sort of the propaganda stuff, um, the formation of mind control learned by some of the scientists that came over on paperclip and 
the SS people they were, they were involved in all that. So it gets pretty dark. So in terms of, you know, a big part of this is the MK Ultra or the birth of that too. Uh, mind control, you know. Psychotronic weapons. Mm. Yeah. Again, this is echoes back to things like slide nine and eight up. Yeah. 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 I, this yeah. is, this is madness, but I, I recorded an album with a band when I was like 17. Right. And in the studio, there was this guy, um, it was like a friend of the engineer and he came in and this guy was older guy, pretty crazy. Right. And I can't remember his name right now. It'll come to me, but dude like rewired my guitar in like 30 seconds. And, you know, he was, um, he was like a sound guy in the region and he wasn't allowed to be the sound guy anymore. And I asked him one time, I'm like, well, what would you do? And he said, he got into the, he got into studies and he got into some work from uh, German. Uh, and I can't remember. It was, it was part of the whole, you know, psychotronic weapons and things like that. But what he found out, there was different frequencies. So he would like run the sound for a band, like at a bar, right? Like a big bar, the, the band would come in and he would be like the guy working the board. Right. And he would play like different tones at different Hertz, like underneath all this shit to see if it would work because he's reading about this guy. And he's like, you played this one tone. You can make everybody act like they're drunk, even if they haven't drank a, a drop and they fall over and throw up and shit. And the other, other stuff you can make them like literally, you know, pee their pants or whatever. Right. Like, and all this yeah. stuff. And he got like, somebody figured it out or whatever. And the dude wasn't allowed. And I was like, fucking crazy dude. But then I started, then he like, you know, gave me some information. And, and back then you had to go to the library. Right. And you dug through it. But I was like, holy shit, that was a thing. Wow, it reminds man. me of all this, you know, it's a psychotronic weapon thing where yeah. you can play certain tones and make people fucking do whatever. Well, it kind of, kind of goes back to the whole idea of everything's vibration, right? And if we're vibrational beings, then certain frequencies are going to cause certain changes in our vibrational state, which I suppose then echoes into your emotional, physical, cognitive states and makes you act differently. I mean, the only one that I've ever heard of was off of a, like a kind of like kid's science show, which was the brown noise. The, the brown note, yeah, that makes you poop <laughs> yeah. your pants. Makes you poop yourself, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you, you can only imagine that in the, in the black world, they've got sound off Oscillation weapon systems of some right. form, you know. Well, that shows up in the notes too. That's a, that's another thing that, that reminded me of. There was a you know a, some kind of sound device that was more detrimental than a nuke or something. Oh that, yeah, well, could, yeah. Well, was that in his notes? It. Yeah, yeah. Like te- te- I mean, I read about this previously as well. Tesla apparently had uh, been working on this stuff, and essentially, like they reckon that some of the stuff they invented to do with uh, frequency was you know earth destroying planet destroying yeah yeah like the tesla um, death ray and, and things like that yeah and like um one of the things they discovered was that there was a frequency that caused basically widespread depression oh that's disconcerting uh, isn't it russia, <laughs> it's called uh, covid russia. it's called the covid <laughs> I, think, I think it was russia that had started to work on that and that's probably when you started to see american agents becoming ill in hotels when they're on diplomatic visits to certain countries that's right. recent. That's really recent too. Like the whole Cuba yeah. thing and all these other. Yeah. It's definitely recent. Um, it is recent, and uh, but yeah, some of it is and some of it isn't. So like, um, but yeah, the Cuba stuff in Havana, mm-hmm. that's serious stuff. Well, anyway, yeah, wild man. Also, just wild, isn't it? <laughs> I know you. Like we were just talking a little bit about this. You can take one or two things out of these notes that he gave you, and we can have like a three-hour discussion yeah. on it. Here's I'll, one. I'll, all right, here's one. Just quickly, right? How cool is that thing today? All right, so we, so you've got. We've been talking about dark. Because of what Holden said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like you know, some people just, you know, I've seen people saying, like, I can't believe people actually want to listen to something they watched on a Netflix show. Are they, are they idiots? Yeah. You know what? I think sometimes you've got to use intuition. Because then, when when John replies to us, 
on one comment regarding it and says Dark's based on um, a project at Montauk, yeah? Right, so it just tells you straight out, look at that, time yeah. portals. Yeah. No, I don't, I'm not saying that John, that might not be true. But, no, but it's one more link in the connection because, like you said, Holden so, said the same, same type thing. of things. You know, he, he basically yeah. said that Dark was. I mean, you know, this guy. Sorry to hijack this. Just wanted to kind no, of no, give no. some clarity on this. Is that Holden had said that he was an intelligence consultant on all three seasons of Dark, and that it contained more real science to do with the phenomenon than anything that's ever really been shown before. But it's just done in a nuanced fashion. You know, there's no UFOs in in Dark. It's about time travel. But again, a lot of the conversations I've had with Holden about technological assets have to do with time travel, which is interesting. Yeah, and and in terms of as well, like with the dark stuff, and it might not just be time; it might be dimensional because that story takes you into other dimensions, doesn't it? Like yeah, it does. Totally different dimensions. And again, if you start looking into a lot of John's notes, same stuff into interdimensional. Trans, uh, and things trans- happening in threes, right? Things happening in threes. That seems yes. to be a, that plays a part in uh, dark. There's so much. I mean, and John, you'll be watching this hopefully before we publish it. So, mm. you know, you tell us anything that is wrong before we go there. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> we'll leave that in for John. Um, mm-hmm. For those that don't know, what exactly is Montauk? Um, well, it was. You know, it's, it, people might have heard of the Philadelphia Experiment which was, you know, there was a big film in the 80s and prior to that, stories about it, like about um, essentially uh, they were trying to, I think it was the story of that was that they were trying to make a ship, a big ship like the Nimitz, uh, invisible. So that was the idea. Well, this will create an invisible warship. But instead of making it invisible, they sent it through time. And I think the yeah. original plan was they were trying to make it invisible to radar. That's it, yeah. And there was this like visually yeah. vis- visible. Like, yeah, they had like an electromagnetic yeah. thing set up on the yeah. far sides of the ship or and something. Tesla, it was meant Tesla to was it. definitely direct in, involved in that. Tesla had was part of that, um, and a lot of other people that did work on that. And you're right; they had giant magnet, magnetic, electromagnetic devices, and the ship disappeared and it reappeared. And people were like half in the hull, half out of the hull. Like they, like people were basically floating in a space time thing. And then somehow it showed back up and people, when they're floating, yeah. like there was a, a railing and there was a guy with like his leg stuck in the middle. Yeah. Of some people were know, like fused into the, into the, the metal work of the, of the ship. I mean, obviously this is still a relatively contested thing because not, not some people believe this isn't real and there yeah. isn't hardcore evidence that the Philadelphia experiment took place, but well, I would um, I would I would wager that it's more likely that this was something that happened and there is apparently and I'm I can't remember but I'll I'll try and dig it up but um the the, the actual name of the ship isn't the one that's the traditional conspiracy theory that everyone's heard of and it's actually a different name and there seems to have been some kind of shuffling of the cards in terms of the stories told and the more popular one seems to be a bit of a smoke and a mirror and there's actually another story that is the same story but a different ship and that might be the legit one this is a relevant quote right so according to many montauk researchers the financing for the base is a mystery who writes the paychecks has not been discovered yet none of the local people seem to know the full story of what's gone on there insiders believe the montauk project was a development and culmination of the phenomena encountered aboard the uss eldridge in 1943 the movie The Philadelphia Experiment is a Hollywood imaginative fiction production of disinfo piece. 
Uh, okay, please refuse to base any belief, disbelief, or opinion on that movie, popularly known as the infamous Philadelphia Experiment. The ship actually disappeared while the Navy conducted radar and visibility experiments, according to believers. Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla, Wilhelm Reich, and the infamous German creator of the bomb, John van Neumann, are all related to the project itself. Associated with the point and base is a huge radar assembly that seems to have induced electronic mind surveillance, control of distinct populations, and much weird behavior of people and animals on the island. I can believe that. Um, <laughs> so... The other side of it is obviously the, 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 the time travel stuff. So that goes on to say something about quantum physics deals with a vast arena of physical phenomenon, which show quantum behavior on a time and space scale well within the world of human perception. Also to be considered is the effect that an observer has upon a physical system, which cannot be objectively understood without accepting the existence of parallel universes. <laughs> How's that? So, you know, nothing new, I suppose, but apparently they were, they've been doing it and are doing it. Yeah. Why would they stop? <laughs> <laughs> so is there, um, is there anything else that we want to cover when it comes to John Warner, this book? Um, is there any other emails, any other notes? Well, actually, one thing I'd like to ask real quick is you said that he said that the books are good to read, but if you want a quick version just to read the notes, are the notes publicly available or is he just sending no. you notes? They were the ones that he sent us. Uh, they're in that folder for you guys, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, okay. And again, he, um, as far as I know, until I get the nod anyway, but he said that everything he sent can be... Everything you think. So if we get confirmation from him, obviously my, my uh, intention would probably be to compile those notes and let them be publicly available so that people can get a quicker idea. But obviously we will, yeah. we'll have to wait on confirmation from John for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. And I suppose, uh, yeah, exactly. I suppose what we can do if, if uh, he doesn't go with that is just point everybody to chapter 108 of his book. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, it seems to be a and very it, poignant yeah. chapter. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and his introduction to the book, and then also all the other interviews and all the things you can find online. Yeah. Just have a look, you'll find it all. Um, and I think that you'll all be equally as blown away. <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, because... <sighs> It's, it's undeniably strange subject matter that we've been discussing here, but I think it's really important, especially like if we're going to wrap this up soon, just by hi- to highlight some of the key reasons behind why we're giving these ideas and this material our time. And, you know, why do we think it's worth discussing? Well, for starters, our friend John here stumbled by sheer coincidence or, you know, synchronicity, depending on how you view this, stumbled across an obscure alternative history forum called the Axis History Forum. And it was here that he saw a post by John Warner IV. And, you know, he included a link to his website in the forum post. And now we have all visited the website. And it does have some short podcasts recorded by John Warner, um, including a fascinating conversation between himself and his father, Senator John Warner III. Uh, He also has a part two conversations with UK defense analyst and author of the book The Hunt of Zero Point, Nick Cook. And uh, in these podcasts, which you know we'll link in the description box below, um, so make sure you check them out, Mr. John Warner really does represent himself as a well-read and highly intelligent individual, doesn't come across as having a big ego at all, despite his extremely unique upbringing. 
And, you know, that brings me to another point, which is that he's a member of both the Warner and Mellon families. He's the third cousin of Christopher Mellon. And, uh, you know, that's a big deal on, the, on its own, to be honest, because they're good friends. And uh, Christopher Mellon's one of the flag bearers of UAP transparency right now, who's been described by the former ATIP director at Lou Elizondo as a master strategist. So, you know, John Warner and his cousin, Christopher Mellon, good friends. And I think that that's an important thing to highlight because this man is not, he's not like the crazy eccentric guy with the weird theories. He's a respected member of his family who has said himself many times that, you know, the conclusions and beliefs he's arrived at in relation to the UAP issue are due to the fact that he's within these families and the networking capabilities afforded to him by the legacy that his family has created. And that does seem to stretch pretty much to every corner of the defense intelligence apparatus of America. And so, you know, these things can only bolster his credibility further, in my opinion. And I think it's also important uh, just to highlight that this man has not been trying to insert himself into the UFO community. You know what I mean? He did not come to Jean. Yeah, he didn't reach out. uh, He won't won't communicate on Twitter either. No, no. couple of times said hey on twitter and got an email pretty quickly saying don't do that so yeah exactly exactly fair enough you know my my, just one last point i wanted to make and i've said it before but i just wanted to kind of highlight this one more time is the fact that the books themselves this three-part series called little anton is not a ufo book at all it's actually a work of historical fiction that's based you know primarily on this car company porsche and their involvement in world war ii and the nazi party but within this three-part series, which takes you on like a thriller-style journey through World War II espionage and car racing. Within this, he has embedded information about Nazi occult practices, exotic technology innovations that relate to you know the capabilities of UAP, an alternative human origin story that involves the Sumerian creation myth regarding the Anunnaki, secret societies, upper echelon clubs that have been a stronghold basically over planetary interests. And all of this has been basically put into what has essentially been promoted as a book on the history of Porsche's, uh, the car company, Porsche, the car company, which, you know, (laughs) that blows my mind a bit, that it's not, it's not advertised as this, but when you open the pages, boom, it's right there. Yeah. It's also a massive book. So like any challenge to to read it all to the end, it's like a challenge to read it all to the end and you might have a surprise literally like that. So I wonder how many people actually got to the end. Because it is vast. Yeah? Well, Actually, I'm patiently waiting for my books to arrive and I will read all of them. <laughs> I'm still going. I keep getting stuck on chapter 108. <laughs> yeah, it. just it's keep like, coming back to it. I know. I thought you were messing with me. You're like, read chapter 108. I said, 108? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> chapter 108? No, it really is. And that's nowhere near the end. That's yeah, that's crazy. No, and obviously, you know, in chapter and book two, of, you know, volume two is coming at some point, and that's when we start looking at the uh, meeting in Washington with the Graves. So, <laughs> so does chapter two? I mean, is the second book going to be a sequel, or is this just a straight different book? Yeah. Um, Do you have been enough? I, I guess it kind of. I, I, he hasn't said if it's a sequel. It sounds like it is. It's basically, it's the next bit, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. after World War Two. Okay. Or after yeah. Next. And he said he goes. It's it's much more focused on disclosure than book one. So, 
that'll be very interesting. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, when you think about this in the world of editors and publishers and things like that, I mean, we've heard all these stories a long time too, and we haven't talked about this and I want to talk about just real briefly here, but like, there's a lot of times where, I mean, there was a guy that reached out to me, you know, and I, I kind of shared it with you guys too recently. It was like, I got this book with the editor wants me to pull this stuff out because they don't want to, it's too much woo or whatever, you know? And it's like, well, that's the shit that people should be listening to, you know, but yeah. you got to think about all these, these different publishers and editors and, you know, whatever. And like, in like John Warner is definitely said, you know, there's so many different people that have the media and, you know, there's all these different levels of control and, you know, I don't want to get this message out. This book got out fine. And I'm guessing is because it's John Warner, the fourth who said, screw it. I'll print it myself. Or I'm not sure. I'm just making stuff up though. But you know what I mean? Like he didn't have any problems putting that chapter in there, nope. you know, um, and getting it out. I mean, everybody can self publish and do those things now with the internet and everything, but still, I mean, it's like, you know, he, he, it seemed like if he wasn't greenlit, they, they're definitely not messing with him. And I know you didn't find the email, yeah. but supposedly they're not messing with him or us. So <laughs> there's something going he, on. He, you know? he did mention he did mention how he'd been kind of like semi warned by some members of the family, right, or some intelligence guys. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been, I have, I have had people sit me down or maybe say, a few, you know, be careful with certain things. But he seems to be on board for just putting it out there as he sees it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm not going to say his direct quote on that, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's just like. His take on it is, this is my truth. This is what I'm saying. I stand by it. Um, and if you don't want the people, basically, he says the people who don't want him to do it are being essentially lily livid. That's a nice way of putting it, I suppose. Like, because, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I should be looking at the quotes here instead of just making it up. But he, he, he doesn't seem to have any scruples about saying this. He thinks that this yeah, is what yeah. needs to happen. He thinks it's like if anybody has a problem, then they're wrong. Um, and it's like the way that he wrote those notes. I mean, I was reading a lot of them yesterday or earlier on this chat um, where he's talking about, you know, listen up, dummy. The first thing you need to realize is there's no death. Next. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Next, I like that. Get over no that. Religion. Yeah. Next is yeah. no religion. Where? Get over it. Next. <laughs> Next. You know, Sumerian gods rule the earth still. Next. <laughs> Throw your degree in the trash. Yeah. Next. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna, it's like if you want to start talking about this properly, get over all your bullshit. It is, it is basically a slap in the face, cold water to the face kind of thing where it's just like, look, 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 mate, wake up. As opposed to TTSA, which is like, let's turn this into like the Pepsi Coke of the Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> make everybody like really happy and, oh, it's all hopeful and all that and, make it with nice mel you know beautifully filmed things to make it but then in the end it's like uh the satanic calls to rule the earth <laughs> <laughs> but how do you yeah how do you get connected that? to it yeah but, how do you get that but here is a really nicely glossily made film which hopefully will make that feel a little less worrying <laughs> well I, th I think i think in all honesty in all honesty i think that was genuinely part of the game plan was like right yeah. okay we'll use this in entertainment industry because you know that's something that tom was saying was like i offered them a service i came with an idea that they didn't have before they didn't have the ability to create this kind of stuff because i'm the one that came in with those types of networks and i can I, you know i don't think that that was ego i think that's legit like he comes from the entertainment industry but he also has a unique knowledge set with this subject that's why he's so unique that's why it was almost destiny that this guy you know got involved with these people because he's this he's this guy that has the networking connections within the entertainment industry to put something like this together but at the same time is within this extreme niche especially within celebrities who's super into ufos and understands the history and seem to be able to go to them with a bit of a background knowledge so it's no surprise that 
you know, this happened, but it does think, I do think that that's probably part of it. It's like, right. Okay, Tom, this is what's happening then. Bom, 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 bom. Here's some really scary shit. Can you turn that into something that's palatable for the public? And he's like, oh my God, like, you know, I had sleepless nights and it's like, I, I don't, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. But you think well, you have I mean, to, you have to though. There's no other way around it. There's other people. If you go back to the war of worlds example, people jump off bridges and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't turn it into something that's a little bit happy, especially for kids, yeah, or dude. starting kids out now, you know what I mean, or, or younger adults or whatever, to get them ready. I mean, well, Star a lot Wars. of people that'll fuck up. Yeah, Star Wars, right? Star Wars is getting the kids ready. You know, like ET, Star Wars, Close Counters of Third Kind. Well, if you yeah. want, I mean, John said that in his in his notes too. Like he's put down Spielberg was read in. Like, uh, yeah, he, he was what you know. A, a few, a few people have said that. To be Look fair. at everything he made at that time and the people yeah. he was involved yeah. in. James Cameron and all those guys. Yeah, and, and James Cameron and other. And, um, but anyway, Spielberg is, is specifically mentioned in John's notes. Excuse me, that he was kind of read into it. So if you look at, and also I'm guessing Luke, George Lucas, because if you look at what they were doing, especially Spielberg, because he was doing Indiana Jones, which is pure OSS heaven. That's yeah, when you look back on it. With different yeah. glasses, you go, oh, wow. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Right? They might as well have called it Paul Mellon and uh, the Vril Witches of Tool. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Actually, I need to I need to rewatch that one because I watched that before I jumped into this subject. So I, I need to look at that film again and reassess what I think uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, come on, you got to laugh at this shit. John, you really John, do. Yeah, you, you need really to come do. up with the graphic for that. Just superimpose Paul Mellon's face on that. <laughs> on the there, poster. Like, <laughs> with, with, with a whip, like holding a Nazi in one hand and the whip in the other. Like, yeah. Oh, to your respect, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> with Carl Young floating behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the ghost of Carl yeah, Young. Yeah. The ghost. Yeah. No, Indiana actually, Jones and the ghost of Carl Yoda. Young. Maybe he was Yoda in uh, the Star Wars stories. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. But this is the thing, you know. These, you know, this stuff, this stuff that's within our culture through the film industry. It, it's. It's it's not it's not so far outside of the realm of possibility that these things are being seeded in so many different ways through books, through films, through music, through you know, like so anything that's able to be disseminated out to the public in a nuanced fashion where it's subconsciously taken in to. A... Uh oh, Jay's frozen. Oh, Jay's frozen, man. Jay! Like that thing, so I can at least. Hey, Jay, it just to froze for a second, man. You might want to back it up a second. Oh no worries. Yeah, no, I was just saying. You know, with, with with these things that have been put into our culture, these different films and TV programs and stuff, it's not so far outside of the realm of possibility that they've been disseminated out into the public because it's a good way of of putting something out in a nuanced fashion, and it, you know, people will subconsciously take it in. And so, if something does come into the world in uh, in the, in reality that is similar, at least they can correlate it to something that they've experienced through film or tv or a book and so I, I you know i don't think it's so outrageous to imagine that certain very key high profile directors especially ones that specialized in science fiction were approached and gone you know look here here's some information you are going to have to sign a document just to say you know you can't speak of this but we're going to 
insert some information into your film or you know something along those lines and i don't think that's too far outside the realm of possible nah, my old man told me that my, you know back when i was a kid he told me that and that was you know i mean i'm 41 two you know whatever i don't remember anyway who's counting <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah counting. so but you know he said he's there's a plan it's gonna be like a 50-year plan or a 70-year plan or whatever it is and then you're just gonna keep slowly putting the shit out there until you until everybody's just like no big deal anymore and like yeah, i've seen that yeah. in, in my short life you know i mean within 40 years if you just go back 40 years and look at it they get star wars is even before that right so even for 50 years now it's been going on so we're gonna probably yeah. be hitting that pinnacle you know i uh, think i think lou elizondo said in a lot of his quotes is like you know all this shit has a shelf life secrets have a shelf life right this, you can't keep it forever well it's like um the, the fact that he called it the chap that chapter 108 in little answer 108 you know, I'd heard the number 108 in some of the reading I'd done before. So one of the first things I do is go, well, that was one of the most mind-blowing chapters of, of anything I've ever read. So what number was the chapter? Number 108. All right, why is it a number 108? So then you read what 108 is, and 108 is the number of uh, uh, Metatron's cube. Metatron's cube, all oh, right, okay. Now, some people might not know what Metatron's Cube is. Are you able to give us a little succinct ex- explanation for what that is? Kind of, it, it all goes back to um, uh, it's it's Hebrew as well, right? So it goes back to Hebrew, and there's it's uh, and it has it's named after the archangel Metatron, right? Who watches over the flow of energy. Um, there's it includes all five Platonic solids. Uh, are inside symbolizing the underlying geometric patterns found throughout our universe. Wow. Right. Um, I know here's a picture of it, but it, it, you've seen this picture before in, in a billion other things. And Jay, I think it is your symbol in um, in Project <laughs> Unity. <laughs> well, you know, that would be awesome if it was. I chose that symbol just because I was looking for some form of sacred geometry that I like the look of. And uh, and then shit. I saw that. So um, I think you it know, is, man. That's pretty is. cool if, if that's what it is. And you know what's interesting is I can't remember which podcast it was on. So everyone listening, if you want to hear this, you're just going to have to try and trawl through. Uh, the. Well, there's not that many. There's only a few little snippets on John Warner's website, which are these little podcasts. But he was talking, I think it might have been to Nick Cook. I'm pretty sure it was a Nick Cook, actually. Um, and he was just saying about how geometrics, you know, he I, I can't remember the exact quote, but he was basically going like, yeah, man, like, you know, geometrics essentially are what creates the universe. You know, the universe is created from these energetic, sacred geometric patterns. And that's what's echoed into symbology and through secret societies is these, you know, these... Um, beautiful geometric structures and patterns which essentially are the building blocks of the universe and that you know these these are the things that underneath everything are creating the universe and i thought that was quite interesting because you know spiritual geometry is a really interesting thing for me especially because you know when you look at the realms of psychedelia so many different experiences through psychedelics uh, begin with uh, geometric patterns and structures emerging from your environment. So, you know, your, your physical environment shifts and you, you start seeing geometrics, like almost like, you know, the kaleidoscope vision that people sometimes imagine with psychedelics. But that is actually quite true that on strong psychedelic experiences, things can essentially melt away and become these strange geometric structures. And so it was interesting that uh, John was bringing up the fact that geometric uh, sacred geometry and, you know, these, these, these 
mathematical symbols essentially are what are projecting the universe and then when you go into transcendental or psychedelic experiences one of the first things that you see is geometrics popping up out of the out of the woodwork essentially it's almost like you know the stuff behind me looks like this right now but if you were to fade it away to its most basic component it's a complex geometric mathematical construct of energy that is forming this and that's uh you know pretty mind-blowing stuff but hell could be real probably is real i personally do think about that kind of thing and go yeah i could imagine that that is how it's represented at least on this dimension right it's kind of like it goes into the whole idea of observation of dimensional objects and when you have physicists that create fifth sixth seventh eighth dimensional objects they are very um beautiful mathematical symmetrical geometrics that's what it is and so yeah if if, if the universe is a essentially some form of simulation based on what we would consider to be mathematics then I guess at the root of it, you've got geometric patterns. Basically, here it is. Metron's cube contains every shape that exists in the universe God has created. And those shapes are the building blocks of all physical matter. Amazing. That is pretty much verbatim what John said. So he was probably taking it directly from his understandings of Metron's cube. But that's, yeah, that's essentially verbatim what he said in his, uh, in his podcast. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, we should probably kind of wrap it wrap it up let's wrap it up yeah we might as well i think we might as well wrap this up here because we've we've been been going for three days now which is amazing and i've really enjoyed this but i think we've covered pretty much everything that we could cover right now um so i think the best thing to do probably be to wrap this up and encourage everyone listening to hit the description box below have a little look at the links we're gonna we're gonna include a lot of different links including links to john warner's website and his podcasts and obviously the book little anton's so uh yeah we would encourage you all to just uh do your own due diligence, check it out, and come to your own conclusions. Thank yeah. You, Jay. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jean-Luc. Thank you for finding this guy and reaching yeah, out to him. And then reaching out to John. us and sharing this with us and yeah, helping, yeah. helping us on the, and helping us no be worries. involved in this. It's amazing. Yeah. Really because, again, this, this, this all starts with you, bro. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I like done. Carl Jung. You think Carl Jung? <laughs> <laughs> 